once again, my lovely listeners. This is your girl, Lola, and welcome to another episode of the Millennial Haven. Thank you to all my listeners for your patience with this next episode. Uh, This one was a little bit personal for me as well, and it took some time for me to work on it because um, while I was working on it, I was actually on vacation for about a week. So I finally got it done, and I'm ready to share this with you guys. So let's not waste no time and get started. So for today's episode, we're going to be discussing about post-college life. Now, this is why I say this is really personal, because even four years later, I'm still going through this post-college life, and I'm pretty sure this thing is going to follow me into my 30s, maybe, but it's for those who've been to college or, you know, just done with any trade school or whatever, it's tough. I get it. You get it. It's really, it's a rough life after college and we all go through it and it's the most it's probably one of the most struggling phases of our lives I guess in while we're growing up and I'm still going through it still trying to find my way and I feel like every millennial goes through this period of life especially those who get out of college and you know just have this idea on how we're going to plan our lives you know i feel like every post-college graduate has this naive idea that we know what we want to do in our lives we have this plan what we're going to do after college how it's going to end up like you know finding that dream job getting our own place making lots of money just landing the big landing you know the big goal after college and you know we're gonna make it but reality hits you real hard (laughs) once you realize that sometimes things and plans just fall apart and things don't go the way you thought they were gonna go and for me after four years since I graduated from college I've I've gone through a a lot of a lot of crap like I've gone through so much in such a short period of time and believe it or not even though I've gotten to a good place in my life I'm still going through that roller coaster that is post-college life and I feel like a lot of my my friends and all my fellow millennials and all those post-graduates like they're all going through it it's a it's a tough roller coaster to deal with you think you're supposed to be having fun in your early 20s as most Oh, people from the older generation say but it's 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 probably like the hardest time of your life that you will ever have to experience because you experience so many struggles when you're in your 20s and you also experience so many disappointments in your life and it's also the period where you're trying to find yourself which is really difficult because in college you think you know what you want to be and where you want to go and what you want to do but then once you get out of college, something happens and all of a sudden your plans change, your perspective changes, like everything just changes. And that's that's okay. It's better to know things late than never at all and just end up being unhappy doing something that you thought would make you happy. Like for me, I've had a plan for my life since I was about maybe 15 years old at least a good solid plan that would make sense and 
I always thought, you know, I'm gonna obviously finish high school, go to college, once I'm done with college, go to law school, get that law degree, be a criminal law attorney or a family law attorney, you marry the man of my dreams by um, by the time I'm like 25 or 26, have my kids by 27, you know, stop having kids by 30, live in a big house, make lots of money. I had, I had like, I had my life set up. Like, I was done. This is what I was going to do and this is what I was going to follow. And when I think about it and I look back on that, I realize I was probably like one of the stupidest people in the world. <laughs> so, and I don't want to be harsh on myself, but I'm pretty sure everybody has been there. But then I'm just like thinking and I look through my notes about how I want to plan my life because I still keep old notes from when I was a teenager, like journals and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, I really was a dreamer back then kind of feel like I'm still a dreamer now but I, I have more hope in I have more hope and optimism in what I do now I used to be a pessimist before so I'm very hopeful that things will get better it's gonna get worse before it gets better in my opinion anyway and you live and you learn when you realize the thing you had the life you had planned for doesn't go the way you want it and sometimes you just gotta change your perspective and your priorities and for this episode, I'm going to use my, or at least I'd ra- or at least rather, I have used my experiences to come up with this this idea that I like to call the five phases of post college syndrome, because I feel like a lot of people, whether it's after college or after the age of 21, after a trade school or even after 18, there's this there's this type of phase in your life that a, a lot of people go through. And probably not just millennials, probably our parents' generation went through the same thing. But for for the sake of this episode, I'm going to be more geared towards people my age. So millennials, like 1990s, early 2000. And when I mean by five phases of post-college syndrome, I mean there are certain aspects in our lives during that period that we go through. And they they are five phases, obviously. And the first one is called the honeymoon slash hunting phase. Second phase is called the career butterfly phase. Third phase is the obstacle course phase. Fourth phase is the adulting phase. And the last phase is the crossroads phase. So I'm going to start this out with, obviously, the first phase of the post-college syndrome. So the honeymoon slash hunting phase I basically like to call it the celebration high. You know, you're done with school or whatever accomplishment that you achieve, like high school, trade school, whatever, and you're pumped and you're excited and you're just glad that all that hard work is behind you. You just go crazy and just have a great time and treat yourself because you worked so hard to get to to the place that you were at. It's also like a resting period because after, for me... Oh my God, I was so excited that I got out of college and finished. And I just wanted to just go out, have fun. I went to, I went out with my friends. I partied a little bit. I had a resting period where I didn't do anything. I did have like a small babysitting job, but it wasn't 
you know, too stressful, like in college. So it was my resting period. I was just relaxing, chilling, not having to do a lot of stuff, but still making some money with a part-time job, you know, enjoying that celebration high. And it was a great period, one of probably one of the most relaxing periods of my life. And I'm sure for a lot of people too, who've, who've been to college and finished. And then after that, after the celebration high dies down, that's when preparation mode starts. So for me, after I was done having fun, hanging out with my friends and still making some money, I decided to get into preparation mode. So about maybe a month, maybe about a month or a month and a half after my graduation, I started preparing myself for the real world. So I started, you know, prepping my resume, figuring out what I want to do in regards to grad school or working. So I was just getting my resume together, looking for good jobs, and me being the overachiever, I went straight into the government jobs because for most of my life, I've I've always heard when you get out of college, just go for the government jobs because they pay the best. So that's what I I achieve. I, that's what I strive for. And my brother at the time was working for the government, so I kind of wanted to basically find follow in his footsteps. So that that after the celebration high is the preparation mode. So it's resume preparation, figuring out what you want to do if you do plan on going back to school, and if you do, what schools do you want to go to, and the jobs that you're looking for. You know, it's the job hunt. It's this basically that's why I put the hunting in this phase cuz this is the job hunting period of your life. You got to start looking for the job that you thought that you wanted while still doing maybe some part-time work. Like for me, I was babysitting while I was looking for a job and the babysitting gig was for the summer, so it was perfect. I could make money while I'm hunting for a job, no problem. And for those who are lucky enough to find something by the end of the summer, I, I personally was really lucky that I found something the last week of August. You know, you find that quote, dream job, unquote, and you feel ecstatic. It's like a job in your field that you studied in college, and you're ecstatic because you finally got the job, and you think you're going to stay in that job for about a year or two, maybe three, gain all that fun experience. It's a great experience when you get your first real job that's in the field that you went to school for. It's not dining halls or anything like that. Because in college, I worked dining halls and I worked catering. And that was obviously not my field. I studied basically pre-law and criminology. So I was looking for more um, law firm jobs when I graduated. And I did find my job. And I thought it was going to be the best job ever. And it was a small part-time job. It was only two days a week getting paid, I don't know, $12 an hour for 18 hours a week. Yeah, it was shitty pay. But back then, I'm living with my mom, not paying that much rent, chilling. That was still a lot of money to me. So that's basically the honeymoon phase. You go from the celebration high, you know, celebrating your achievement going through the preparation mode for finding your real job a real good job going through hunting job hunting and everything like that and then you bam you land that alleged dream job that you thought was going to be the the one you're going to stick with 
And once again, reality hits really hard because I'd say a good amount of us, at least the friends that I've talked to about this or have expressed um, this situation, either whether it's to me directly or social media, sometimes that dream job isn't what you always isn't what it always seems or what you hoped it would be. And that's when we move on to the career butterfly phase. Now, the word career butterfly, I got that from Googling, Googling a synonym for job hunting because I, or job hopping because I felt like job hopping is too typical. And I, and I wanted to know if there was like any other word for it. And sure enough, I Googled it and I found an article written by this woman called Emily Guy Birkin. And that's where I found the term career butterfly. You, you know, kind of like if you ever heard of a, the term social butterfly, but career-wise instead of like social gatherings. But a career butterfly is basically what I mentioned earlier. Somebody who jumps from one job to another with less commitment to it. And these jobs tend to be less than a year or maybe a year, who knows, it depends on the person. And this was what I mentioned in my first episode about jumping from one job to another and how, you know, that really doesn't help you grow. But that is a phase, that is a phase that I feel like a lot of millennials go through after college. And me, for from my personal experiences, I was ex- an extreme career butterfly, I'll tell you that much, so. When I was, when I realized that the dream job that I thought was for me and ended up being one of the worst jobs I ever found, <laughs> I decided to go from one job to another to another. And anytime I didn't feel like I was growing or it just wasn't working out for me or there were certain circumstances I couldn't control, like being laid off or being fired, stuff like that. I had to jump from one job to another. So I was definitely, I definitely went through the career butterfly phase. And the reason why I went through that, and I feel like a lot of people go through that, is that they're just unsatisfied. They're, they just feel unsatisfied. And, and they've realized that the job is not what it seems. So you just got to find that you just got to keep going from one job to another to find which one that works perfectly for you. And I know I went through it. I know a few of my college friends went through it. I feel like a majority of the millennials I know, or just in general, go through this phase. It's a it's a very it's a very annoying and difficult phase for us. And that sometimes we just don't have much of a choice because some of us can't really be in an unstable work environment. Like if the vi- environment, if that work environment is making you feel depressed, which I've been through, then yeah, you have to move. Cause like I've said before in my, my last few episodes, your mental health is extremely important. So you all, you have to put that first. Not There's nothing more precious than that. So that's definitely one phase that I feel a lot of millennials go through in the post-college life. And I feel like when you're going through that phase, you realize about two, for me, you realize about two things when you're job hopping. Most of these job requests, most most of these jobs, they request more requirements and experience. And the second thing is that while you're job hopping, 
there's a slight chance you might want to make a career change. For me, that definitely happened. I'd say maybe the fall, the the first semester after college, I was going through a depressing moment, and that was when I was that was with my first job where I didn't like it. I hated it. The woman, the boss, she was just terrible, and she made it a depressing environment to go to. And I was talking to my boyfriend at the time when we were doing long distance relationship, and I was telling him about it, and he basically asked asked me a simple question. It was a simple question, but it, it it was hard to give a simple answer to it. What do you want to do in life? And I really took that literally, figuratively, like however I could take it, I took that question very serious. And I just, for some strange reason, I don't know what possessed me to do it or urged me to do it, but I started Googling and I started thinking about my personality. What the, What is the type of person I am? And I'm a very empathetic person. I don't like to choose sides between fights. I like to help people resolve any problems that, that they're going through, especially because I've, Lord knows how many fights I've had to break in, I've had to break up with my friends who always were just either arguing or whatever and I'm like I can't choose a side like y'all need to work this out and I'm gonna try to help as much as I can like I'm the referee in some things and then one day I google it and then next thing you know this word called mediation popped up and I was just kind of like wow there's actually a name for my this type of personality and what I do and how I am as a person and then I started researching on like, how can you become a mediator? And I researched, you know, what type of schooling I have to do, any type of training I have to do. And then I got, and I got the information I needed. And that's when I realized, I'm not sure if I want to be a lawyer anymore. Especially after working with an attorney, it's, it's a tough job. And you know, being a lawyer and going to law school is not for everybody. And some, I can't remember who told me about this or gave me great advice, but they basically told me that you either complete law school or you just drop out. But you have to make sure it's what you want to do because it's a huge financial commitment. And I wasn't too sure and I needed to give myself some more time. So I decided to work, continue working for that full year before I go back to school. But at the same time, one of the jobs that I was trying to work towards getting, it was a government job and it was a paralegal job. And a lot of the requirements were, you need a paralegal certificate, gotta go back to school and get a master's degree and blah, blah, blah. Like every, I know all of you, my listeners, you've all been there. It's the same old shit, different day. You basically go to school for four years thinking that you're going to be guaranteed a job only to realize you still got to go back and get more experience or more schooling, whatever. But I took that gamble and I decided to go back to school for my master's the following fall. So um, at the time, I just made plans for myself. You know, I decided to take those trainings from mediation. I got my very first internship 
in the summer working for the district court in the mediation office. I, I had to change jobs a few times because I wasn't really feeling satisfied with the job and also I felt very depressed at some of these jobs. So I kept changing a lot. But I definitely made a plan for myself and I planned on becoming a family mediator because that's in my personality. I don't like conflict. I, d I don't like conflict and I don't like an adversarial setting. I like a resolution setting and that's basically what being a mediator involves and that's exactly what I wanted to do so I made my career change and that's basically what I went back to school for. So that base that kind of completes the um career phase cuz I feel like with the with the career butterfly phase that's basically how it is. You start job hopping from one thing from one job to another you start realizing things and things are starting to become clear to you you want to make a change in your life career-wise or, or whatever then you just decide to you know follow through with those plans to make that change and I feel like going back to school or doing the training is definitely the closing to that phase because now you know you now you kind of have an idea on what you want to do so yeah, I feel like everybody definitely is a career butterfly, at least at some point in their life, and we all go through that phase. And it's okay. We're still trying to find ourselves, and it's better to go through this now than end up in a place that you probably regret ending up in. So. Okay, so we're going to take a break from here, but when we get back, I'm going to discuss further on the third and fourth phases of the post-college syndrome, which are the obstacle course phase and the adulting phase. And then later on, towards the end of the episode, I'm going to discuss the final phase, which is the crossroads phase. So don't go nowhere. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. Like that. guys and welcome back so before we took a break I was explaining about the first two phases of the post-college syndrome which I like to call because I feel like it's not so much of a, a sickness or a disease but it's kind of like an experience or period of time that people go through so before the break I was explaining about the first phase which is the honeymoon slash hunting phase, and then the second phase, which was the career butterfly phase. So I'm gonna continue on and discuss the third phase, which is the obstacle course phase. Now, starting from where we left off, I was talking about the second phase, which was the career butterfly phase. So just to give a summary of what I said, you basically start going from one hop, one job to another, which is job hopping. Then you start changing your ideas and perspectives on what you really want to do. And during that phase, it tends to become that time where you decide to make a career change or you just want to get more experience and kind of be more better at your uh, 
your basically what you learned in school so if I like I stated with my experience I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore I wanted to be a family mediator and at the same time I also decided to go back to school or take other trainings to help me get to that get to that um that goal so moving on from that phase we now come to the obstacle course phase which I feel like everybody pretty much knows what this phase is all about when I mean obstacle course phase I mean this is the period that most if not all adults at least millennial adults encounter and this is where you pretty much encounter a lot of your ups and downs and problems and life changes so you're basically just kind of trying to find yourself if if that makes sense so the obstacle course is basically you're going through a lot of life changes you're going through a lot of personal changes professional changes and this can happen while you're in school or going through a process of making a career change or just doing more training or stuff like that just anything that that's taking you on a journey and for using my experience my obstacle course phase was for was learning how to balance my school life, my work life, and my relationship. Now when I say that my school practically almost killed my relationship, I mean that in the most literal way. It was very stressful when I started going back to school and also working full time. So I went I went to work uh, it's eight and a half hours a day, Monday through Friday, and I went to school right after work, Monday through Thursday, at least from the beginning of when I was starting to go back to school. And it was really hard because I was trying to figure out how to manage my time with work and school because as soon as I was done with school, I wouldn't get home until maybe like 10 o'clock between 8 between nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the at night because while I was in school I was living in Maryland in Bethesda at the time and my school was in Washington DC near um, at Catholic University's law school so it took me about a 45 minute train ride to get from work to school four days a week so you can understand how stressful that was and then it would take me another 45 to get back from school to home. And then I have to find time to eat. And then on top of that, I have to find time to do homework. And even try to find to find time to spend what little time I have left with my boyfriend, which was very rare. And I went to bed. Most times it was after midnight. So I had little sleep. And it was just, it was a lot to deal with for me. Um... And part of my obstacle course phase was also um, at the time when I was work when I was uh, in school, and also doing the multiple training sessions I needed to go through to become a mediator. I also lost my job in the process. Um, I think um, I I almost got laid off from one job, and then I got fired from another job. So the first job I they pretty much announced there was a business merger happening and that we were 
practically, well, basically we were going to lose our jobs and either we join that company or we have no job. So I had to leave before that happened and I did and I found another small part-time job, but it, it was the most depressing job ever. I felt so depressed. I felt so sad. I felt so anxious and I was trying to leave before, before it was too late, but this guy eventually fired me before I could find another job. And then I dealt with unemployment for almost two months. It was a roller coaster moment for me. And it was on top of that, I was dealing with relationship issues with my boyfriend at the time. We were fighting a lot. We were contemplating on breaking up. He wanted to spend more time with me. I wanted him to understand, be more understanding of my school and my work. And it's not easy and that we're going to have to go through this process first before we can make time with each other. And it didn't make it, it didn't make any, any better because he was also working like a lot of late nights during my free times, which were the weekends. So he would work weekends and long, long hours. And that's the only time I would have time to spend time with him. So, you know, a lot of fighting, a lot of, it was just a lot. So I was going through a lot of changes professionally, personally, emotionally, and mentally. Uh, I had, I went through about three panic attacks in the same year. I believe it was my last I believe it was a, about two years ago um, I went through three panic attacks because of school and stress and my anxiety was like starting to build up and then I, it was at that point where I actually realized that I really do have anxiety on top of depression and I was kind of lacking a social life a little bit I felt like I really didn't have friends to hang out with like even my old high school friends I felt like they all had their own thing and I had nothing like I had no one to talk to and one of my really good like my, my best friend he he was pretty much the only friend that was there for me a lot but it was really hard to kind of get in contact with him especially since at some point while I was still in school he moved to another state so you know that was one of my biggest support systems when I felt like my boyfriend really wasn't being there for me so that happened it was just a lot and with the job changes and everything on top of that I was going through so much between the age of 23 and 24 so it was a it was a really difficult time for me and and that's usually what happens in the obstacle course phase. You're going through a lot of emotions. You're going through a lot of changes, things that you can't really control. And the worst part about the phase is that it seems like they all come and hit you at once. You know what I mean? Like with the unemployment, my relationship issues, school, it was all like kind of some of it, that stuff was kind of coming at the same time. And it was just so overwhelming for me which would explain the panic attacks I had that one year. So it's just it's just a lot to deal with and I'm sharing my experiences because I I want people out there those who are listening and you know those who who want to listen like it you're not alone. Everybody goes through this obstacle course phase. If I I I truly believe everybody goes through this. I don't care how financially comfortable you are or whatever or how like life seems to be great throughout your entire upbringing, you go through some type of obstacle course phase. And that's okay because it's part of life. We have to go through these because it, 
it helps us it helps build it helps build us and it makes us stronger not to be cliche but these things they do these life experiences they do make us stronger all that I've went through I've learned so much from it and I feel a lot I feel more I feel wiser than I did four or five years ago from all these experiences so it's it's it I guess it's an, a necessity if you if you want to if I want to look at it that way it really is a necessity to deal with life and not only do you go through a lot of changes and a lot of ups and downs this is also the pl- the part of your life after college where you tend to make a lot of priority changes like for me I after I was having so many problems and was going through multiple panic attacks I had to make a lot of priority changes and for me that was all that for me that was going to therapy I was really hesitant to go but after my third panic panic attack I decided to go and that was a huge my my priority changed like I didn't care about at that point I didn't care about school I didn't care about work I, I really even at the point I didn't care about my relationship what I really cared about was making me feel better and trying to do something to help with my mental health and get make sure my mental health is better because once my mental health is pretty much compromised everything else starts to fall apart so I had to get that better and I had to make my I had to change my priorities so I went to therapy and it really changed my life like I I have absolutely no regrets doing that and just restructuring my whole life and with my even with my relationship I felt like I I, at some point during my relationship I felt like I had to be the one to make things better and to like please my partner and try to do things that he wants that he wants me to do or he expects me to do you know trying to I basically put all that burden on myself and then I realized I don't have to because it one it's a relationship this it takes two people to make a relationship work and one time we had a talk about that and it felt really good letting him know how I felt and he agreed with me like some of the things that I do or that I did in the past, if something was motivating me to do it, or why, or something was, or rather lack of motivation to do things. And I addressed that to him, and it kind of made our relationship a little bit better. I mean, we still have our ups and downs, but compared to four or five years ago, we have grown so much. And I, I had to make a lot of priority changes. I had to start taking care of myself. I had to start exercising more, even though it was on and off. I I try to get that in order, and I try to make time for my boyfriend, but also understand that I have work too, and I have school, and these are really important to me. So I made a lot of priority changes in my life during that obstacle course phase, and depending on the person, it could last for a year, it could last up from from for a year, it could last up to five years, depending on the person. For me. I'd say it kind of lasted for about maybe two, two and a half years, probably three. So maybe like two to three years, I I went through this obstacle course phase. Not to say that I'm still not going through my ups and downs. I really am. But I feel like a lot of the most challenging parts of that phase 
happened when I was in school. And I feel like part of it is has died down, so it's a lot easier for me now. So it's definitely been an interesting experience for me. And where, where, where this phase ends, it ends with the healing process. So once I realized that I had to make priority changes and I had to start taking care of myself and things that are really important to me, that's when I started to begin to heal. And it, I'm still healing and it has been the best thing ever for me. I have tools that help me to heal. I learned a lot. I tried things that I felt like would work, but didn't. I tried things. I tried other things, and they did help. So it's a, it's an ongoing process. But once you get the hang of it, that healing process will be as easy as breathing. So that's definitely what I like to call my obstacle course phase. At least for me, anyway. But I know everybody's obstacle course phase is completely different. Everybody has different types of uh, burdens, different types of problems, issues that they go through. It doesn't even have to involve school, just even working just by itself. Sometimes just being single, not being in a relationship. Everybody's problems are different. I just know that almost everybody, probably or most definitely everybody, goes through these type of phases. And it's all part of life, and it's all part of the building, the growth, and at the end, the the the, la- the fruit of your labor would be so wonderful to enjoy. That's why I never regret going through these phases or these experiences in my life, because I know at the end of the day, there's going to be some good results from it, and it's made me a better person, a stronger person, and a wiser person in life. So after that phase, we go into the fourth phase, which I like to call the adulting phase. And everybody who is from my age to a little bit younger to definitely maybe five or six years older, even 10, they know what adulting is and it sucks. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we can all agree adulting sucks ass. But we all got to go through it. It's Like I said, it's life. We got to grow up someday. And what this phase entails, this is basically the point where you finish a certain journey to get to achieve a certain goal. So what I mean by that, for example, it would be something like completing your training for a new job or a new position, completing school completing some type of, I don't know, process that you had to go through in order to get to the next level in life. It could mean anything. So once you've completed that, you're able to kind of set a good rhythm for yourself. For me, for example, what I mean by the adulting phase, in my, through my experience, that the starting point was when I finally finished school and completed my master's degree. And that was a huge relief. I felt like a huge weight has been was lifted off my shoulder the moment I left my last and final class and I found out I was gonna get a passing grade. 
It was the best feeling in the world. I never felt so relaxed in my entire life. The stress just went away and all I had to do was wait two months to graduate and I did. And it was one of the biggest achievements I ever made so far in my life. And then after that, even after that, or actually before I graduated college, I completed another mediation training that was required for me to be a family mediator, and that was marital property mediation. I completed that, um, I believe, three months before I completed my last class, and it was so great. I felt really happy. I spent a lot of money for these trainings. I went through maybe about six different mediation trainings to build up my experience and build up more knowledge. And it was very beneficial. It led me to doing volunteer work with two local centers, one in Howard County and one in Montgomery County. And it, it definitely led me to, to a lot of open doors and opportunities. So it was very beneficial. It was a tough, it was a tough journey for me and I was still going through a journey, but the benefits from it was really great. And like I said, I had no regrets whatsoever. The money was well spent. My knowledge, the knowledge that I gained, can't nobody ever take that from me. So everything was definitely worth the journey. And from once you complete all of that, that's when you finally kind of make a decision. Like for me, when I finished school, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to stay with the job I was already at since they already promoted me that same year, I believe. Or do I want to move on to new opportunities and just try something new? And ultimately, I I ended up staying at the current job that I'm at right now. So it's going to be going on three years in February next year that I've been at this job. Because I, I loved, for one, the reason why I chose it is because it I loved the stability of it. I was very familiar with the tools I needed for work, the people that were there, what I was supposed to do at work, and I didn't really feel like starting over, especially since before I got that job, I had like three or four different jobs before that. So changing jobs is not was I got really tired of it. The job hopping was getting tiring, and I wanted stability. Like I, I liked the commute that I had from work. I didn't feel like changing that. You know, I liked it. So I, I decided to stay with that job and I had more flexibility. So I had more pool if I wanted to kind of take some time off work and f- do some more mediation. You know, that was that was definitely one of the benefits of staying with the job. So I decided to do that. Most, most would choose, I don't want to say most because I'm speaking from my experiences, but some people would choose to stay in that stability so that they could continue to build their way up and because they're comfortable. That was one of the reasons why I stayed. I was comfortable with where I was. I didn't feel like making any more major life changes. I was definitely not going back to school because student loans are a bitch. So I stayed where I was. And the fact that I had an amazing boss made it even an easier decision to make. So after going through a roller coaster of events, I prefer to steady life, at least for the time being. And a lot of people, you know, I got the, I'm trying to remember what I would call this. Oh, I got the um, 
what now questions or what's next questions, you know? I got a lot of that from family, friends, work, coworkers. Now that I was done school, am I going to go for that government job? Because that was the reason why I went back to school. But I was like, no. At the time, honestly, a government job was not important to me. So I decided to stay with what I enjoyed and what I loved. And it tends to be, this adulting phase, it tends to be a period of stability, or at least you're in a schedule, you're in a set schedule now. So you're in a steady rhythm of your life. You know what you're supposed to be doing at the beginning of the day, and you know what you're gonna do at the end of the day. You have a set timetable. Like you go this, you go to this place at a certain time, you go to this next place at a certain time, and you're home. It's a really, it's a very, um, I don't want to say stagnant, even though it kind of does seem that way, but you kind of know what to expect during this phase. You're in a normal rhythm. You, you know when you're supposed to be at work, you know when you're supposed to be out of work, you know when you're supposed to be at home. Now that you, for me anyway, you're done with school and training and all that, you got time to change your priorities and give more of your time to your relationship or family or friends or whatever. You know, this, you just want to build up your experience too in regards to a career anyway. So for me, as soon as I was done with school, I, like I said, I decided to stay with work and not only for the, for the comfort, but so that I can build up my experience because although I would love to stay at this job, I knew I had to pursue my mediation career that I that I went to school for, but I wasn't quite ready yet. So I decided to just stay with that job. And in the process, I finally, after maybe two years of patiently waiting, maybe three, I finally applied to be a volunteer mediator with the district courts in my county. And I finally got on the, I, I didn't get on the roster. I was going through the apprenticeship phase. And then I finally got to go through the parenting plan training with the local mediation center I was volunteering for. And that's usually like dealing with child custody or visitations and stuff like that, which is in the field that I studied. So I went through that training December of 2017. That was the last training that I needed to seal the deal. And then by April of this year, I, or not April actually, I believe by May of this year, I finally completed my apprenticeship program and I'm officially on the roster of mediators at the district courts. So kudos to that for me. <laughs> I'm always proud of my achievements and I'm not afraid to share these with people because at some point I felt like I didn't know what to do with my life and I finally figured it out. And I felt like this process was gonna take forever and boom, three, four years later, I'm at a good place and I, I accomplished a lot of goals that I felt like was pretty slim for me. So this the adulting phase was like everything's starting to come up Lola. So that's definitely how the adulting phase may feel like. You may have your your bad moments, but at least for the most part, I feel like during this phase, you know how to handle it now as opposed to the obstacle course phase, a lot of stuff is just coming at you and you're not sure what to do. So you learn from those experiences experiences, and now you know how to just dodge all the bullshit, you know? So it's, uh, the adulting phase is very comfortable, as I said. And even when people ask you, 
about what do you want to do now or what's the next step in life, it's okay to not know what the next step in life. For me, I honestly really didn't know if I was going to stay at my job for the next couple years or if I was going to leave. But that's okay. You don't have to know everything that's going to happen in your life. Like I said, you make plans and they're more than likely not going to they're not going to go the way you want them to go. So I always told a lot of people I don't know, but what I do know is that I'm not going back to school and that I just want to build up my experience and continue doing mediation, which is basically what I did for the past past year, about a year, almost a year and a half now. And that's basically the, the, the adulting phase. You know, you get into a good rhythm, you love the stability, you love the comfort, you love the familiarity, it's great and you don't really want to change that especially since you went through a lot of changes before and there's nothing wrong with that you, some people want to make that permanent some people make it temporary so it's just for me I just wanted to relax and take a break from future planning and just kind of go with the flow you know it's still kind of going with the flow but there's some major decisions I'm think I'm thinking about making very soon in the near future depending on depending if things go my way okay so we're going to take one more break and when we get back i'm going to discuss the final phase of the post-college syndrome and i'm gonna end the episode with another wonderful quote that i think you guys will love and enjoy so stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back once again. So before we took another break, I was explaining about the third and the fourth phases of the post-college syndrome. And now we are moving on to our fifth and final phase, which I love to call the crossroads phase. Now, while I was working on this, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to name the last phase. And it, it had to be something really good or at least something good to me and what really inspired me to name it the crossroads phase was the bone thugs and harmony song the crossroads and for those who are my 90s babies y'all know y'all know that song you know i see you at the crossroads 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 so every time i was listening to that song i'm like this is this is what i'm gonna name the phase of it so i call this phase the final phase of the post-college syndrome the crossroads phase and the reason why I call it that, because this is basically where you come to your turning point or your decisive point in life, at least the first turning point of your life, because I know there's many. And you realize that things are starting to get a little bit repetitive or getting kind of old. So you need to kind of make the decision on what you're going to do about that, because you obviously want to change it or make make it better so that's why this is called the crossroads phase you're and everybody knows what a crossroad is it's pretty much where you are you gonna go left or you're gonna go right so you're gonna go up or down whichever whichever one you decide it's a turning point in your life and 
you it's one that you really can't run away from you have to make a decision on that for for me I would say at this point in my life I'm kind of going through the crossroads phase and I I have so many major life decisions I have to make in the near future and it's something I really can't avoid because it's something I've been thinking about and contemplating about for about maybe a few years and I was afraid to address it because I felt I wasn't ready but I can't run away from things that would help me move forward in life or reach my goals so I have to make decisions even though I feel like it may be great for me but I feel like it's gonna be sad for others around me so it's a really tough point in your life that you have to decide on and although you are comfortable you feel a sense of change that is really needed and for me I that time has pretty much come for for through my experience that's for my job this is what I'm talking about is about my job and my career so after I completed my final mediation training and finally got on the court roster for mediators with the district courts, I realized I've achieved a lot of stuff. And I feel like this is the experience I've gotten it. I've been working at a local center for two two years. I, I was working at another center for a year. I have about three and a half years worth of experience being, uh, with mediation. I've been mediating for over two years. So I feel like I, I'm in a really comfortable space where maybe it's time for me to kind of move on and actually really pursue this mediation career. Currently, I'm a, para- a family law paralegal and I love my job. But I've also felt that it's been coming, it has been been really repetitive and somewhat stagnant for me not in a very depressing way but in a way where I need I guess I need a change of scene well maybe not a change of scenery but I just need some type of change in my life so that I can continue to grow I need new challenges um if I want to put it that way so it's I'm basically at a point where I think I'm I'm scared but I'm ready to go for what I really want and for me, that's going for that meet, pursuing a real mediation career. And it's a really scary feeling. I remember a couple years ago, my boss sat me down one time, I think maybe either when I was about wrapping up with my master's program. And she said, you know, I, I, I would love to have you work for me forever. But I also know that being a paralegal or a legal assistant isn't what you really want to do. And if there are people who are going to offer opportunities in your field, I'm going to pass them along to you so that you can grow because I know that's what you really want to do. And that's got to be the hardest thing a boss could ever tell to one of their best or favorite employees. Like it's really, that's gotta be really hard for, that was probably a hard thing for her to say. And it was also really hard for me to listen to because although I really did thought I would work for her forever, she was right. I can't keep running away from what I really want to do because I'm comfortable and I feel like I'm not going to find a greater boss than her. Cause honestly, I don't know if I will 
she's awesome, but whoever's going to be my boss next, they have some big shoes to fill. But she was right. At some point, I'm going to have to basically grow up and achieve what I've been spending all my money and time learning. And that's mediation. So in this crossroads phase, you have to make the final decision on what it is you want or what it is you really need. This is basically a matter of comfort and familiarity versus some type of growth or financial stability. I'm going to use job as an example because through my experience, that's basically the the important life change I have to make. So for me, it's my comfort and familiarity versus my financial stability. So the reason why I need to make this change is you know, I got bills, I got student loans that I'm at school. So I need to grow more financially and, you know, at least grow more within knowledge. So I really need to kind of step up my game and pursue that career that I've worked so hard to get to. I feel like I'm ready. I can't run away forever, you know? And during this phase, whatever decision you make should lead to your contentment or or your happiness, whichever one. You know, these decisions, it's they're tough decisions to make. But at the end of the day, it's going to be what you want and what you know what's best for you cuz nobody knows what's best for you but you. Sorry, mom. <laughs> so I mean, she knows what's best for me, but I'm an adult, so I have to know these things, you know. But the crossroads phase is a scary but also a very liberating experience anybody can go through. You really, it's a, it is a really huge turning point in your life. And it could be for better or it could be for worse. You hope for better, that's for sure. I hope people hope for better in their lives when they make these decisions. And even it could be relationship-wise too. You may have been in like a long-term relationship and you feel like, things are not changing and you want more out of it but you feel like everything's really stagnant or repetitive and then it comes to a point where do you want to keep continuing this relationship or do you want to move on and find something new who would settle for more and who would want to grow more with you as opposed to just staying in a relationship where nothing's really going to change it doesn't feel permanent you know, so it can be that a relationship could be part of that crossroads phase. Even something as like a a big move, like a change of scenery. You're moving from your hometown that you spent your entire life in and going to a whole new different setting. You don't really have friends or family there. You just go into a new environment and it's tough, but the opportunity is there for you they could be endless so for you it would be very beneficial but it's also a really tough decision because then you got to get out of your comfort zone so change of scenery is definitely part of can be part of the crossroads phase and there's so many other examples I could give it's endless but everybody has a different crossroads phase I know I do my family my friends everybody has a different one and I know you my listeners you have your phases your crossroad phases you just gotta for me I pray on it I'm a religious person I'm Christian 
So when I have to make a major, huge decision in my life, I always look up to God to for guidance and give me a sign or whatever it is that I need to confirm that this is what's best for me. And if it's not religion for you guys, if it's family, even if it's a therapist, just go for it. Even if you have to talk to your dog and they give you some type of good sign, hey, consult with your dog. Do whatever it is you need to do that will help you make this important decision in your life. Because at the end of the day, it's either going to make your life better or it's going to make it worse. But it's your decision to make. And if it's for for the best, make that decision. So I hope everybody has gotten to their crossroads phase because I know the obstacle course phase is who's a doozy and you feel like you're never going to make it out of it but you eventually will i know within my heart i'm very optimistic everybody gets through that phase and at the end of the day you're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor so all right so we went through all of the five phases of post-college syndrome which are the honeymoon slash hunting phase the career butterfly phase the obstacle course phase the adulting phase and the crossroads phase so I, I've i been like really excited about sharing this idea that I came up with and I feel like sometime in the future I'm gonna do a writing or a writing or report about it and maybe publish it in a journal because this is really interesting stuff and this is real life stuff that people go through and I just felt like it was right to share this with you guys first before I dived more into it. And I'm really happy I took my time to break this down. And I hope a lot of people related to it. And I hope it inspires them to do better. You know, that's basically the purpose of this podcast. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone. We all go through this. And we hope that we see the end of the tunnel. All right. And with that, this concludes episode five of this podcast. I'm actually really excited that I've reached up to episode 5 because when I first started doing this podcast, I felt like, I really felt like I wasn't going to go far with it. Like I only did two episodes and then I left it alone for almost a year. So I'm really happy that I have friends and families that are encouraging me and motivating me to continue to push forward. And I'm happy that I'm even inspiring myself to keep moving forward with this because I do get really great feedback from this podcast. So to all my listeners and my friends and family who listen, thank you so much for inspiring me, encouraging me, and motivating me. You, You guys truly don't understand how much this makes me happy and I will cherish everything that you say to me that whatever it is that you post on my wall and say that this is great anything to make me smile i cherish that and i'm very grateful for that all right so um be on the lookout for episode six i will announce the topic sometime in the middle of the week but hopefully i can get that one to drop this weekend because i know i took a longer time to drop this episode so i hope you guys continue listening thank you so much for joining me my name is lola And see you guys next time on the Millennial Haven.